Welcome friends to our final fireside chat. Next week we will begin our new summer sermon series called Living Water. And we are going to trace stories of water in scripture from Genesis to Revelation. I know many of you are not doing what you had planned this summer, but I hope you will grab hold of the opportunity to deepen your faith and commitment to God this summer. Speaking of summer, we have some decisions to make, don't we? Should we travel? Should we take that vacation but just drive instead of fly? Should we send our kids to camp? Should we let family come and visit? Should we loosen our own personal social distancing measures? And these decisions, they're not just decisions of convenience. They're truly decisions that could have major implications on our health and the health of those around us. I asked a couple in our church last week how I could be praying for them, and what they said was telling. We ask that you pray for clarity in upcoming decisions we need to make. So my parents taught me to make a pro-con list if I had a decision to make, and this was really okay when the stakes weren't as high. I remember having to decide the summer after eighth grade whether I would go to summer camp or play club volleyball. I still think to this day that either decision would have been fine. But then decisions got more serious, at least they seemed more serious. Do I stay in this relationship? Do I look for another job? Do I get another degree? Do I move? I remember in those instances trying my old standby, the pro-con list, and looking at that list and seeing the pros and the cons for both and thinking, they're just so pro, they're just so con. Do you know what I mean? So how are we as followers of Jesus supposed to make these decisions? Is our faith supposed to inform the decisions that we make? Scripture tells us that as disciples of Jesus, we have not been left to make decisions on our own. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. You see, each of us has been given the Holy Spirit. The word that Jesus uses for advocate here is parakletos or paraclete in English, literally to call to one's side. It can mean an advocate or an intercessor in a legal sense. Four times in the final discourse of Jesus in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells us of our advocate, the Holy Spirit, that will be by our side for all time. I think it is pretty remarkable that the word Jesus uses to describe the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the gift given to all of us on Pentecost 2,000-ish years ago, is advocate. I called up our church member, Jane Donovan, who worked for the Child Advocacy Center in Plano for years to get a deeper understanding of what an advocate means. She told me how the Child Advocacy Center's ultimate goal is healing and justice for kids who have experienced abuse. Most of the children who come to this stage, they have been removed from their homes, they're in foster care, and have a legal case in process that must be decided before a judge within a year. The child is given an advocate, and the child advocate's role is to be a safe place and a safe space to talk to safe people. She told me, the advocate becomes a voice for the child because a child does not have a voice. 
healing begins once they have an advocate. You see, a child advocate literally can change the course of a child's life. This adult comes to the side of the child and begins the healing process and fights for justice alongside of them. In due diligence, I want to be sure you all know that the staff and leadership of the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church take very seriously the safety of our community. If you or anyone you know has experienced abuse in any way, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. And also, if you are a parent who is struggling with having your children at home at all times, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. You are not alone. You see, as disciples of Jesus, each of us has been given an advocate. The text is clear. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, will be with each of us forever. The Holy Spirit, the scripture says, abides with us. The word used here for abide means to dwell, like to live in a house. The Holy Spirit has a home within each of us. The author, I love how the author is so emphatic here about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's like Jesus wants us to know how very much we are taken care of. It says the advocate will be with you forever, not just when we are aware of it, not just when we need it, not just when we sing Holy Spirit come and reign upon us, not just on Pentecost, not just because of some special prayer, forever. The Holy Spirit is with us. The text also says that the advocate will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Teach us some things? No. Everything. Well, at least everything that God thinks is important for us to hold on to. Consider this. What if the key to making decisions is not what decision we make, or whether it's right or wrong, but who we call to our side to help us in making that decision. What if a right decision is not one or the other, but rather making a decision seeking the wisdom of the one who abides within us? What if there are no wrong decisions as long as our advocate is by our side? You see, I believe that the God that we know through the person of Jesus truly wants his followers to have an abundant life, a life that is complete and full of joy. Not just a life where we are living, but a life where we are thriving in love and service. And I also believe that the God that we know in Jesus has takes all things, all things that have happened to us, and will use them for God's purposes. That means, y'all, even when we make the wrong decisions, even if that business venture that we put all of our savings into, even if it fails, even if that one semester where I goofed up in college affected my GPA all the way until my senior year, even if we trusted someone and then we realized they betrayed us, even if we take the trip this summer and we end up getting sick. You see, when we make decisions as followers of Jesus, the right decision is the one made with the Holy Spirit and the decision that is made that will honor God. 
My sister Mary took an accounting class her second semester at college. And to her surprise, it was super easy and she got an A. And she says, I remember thinking, well, I guess I must be good at accounting. I didn't have to work that hard for it. So she ended up changing her degree to an accounting degree. She went on and she got her master's of accounting and she landed this fabulous job at a big five firm. She was doing extremely well. She was making great money. She was moving up in the organization. She got great 360 reviews, but she just didn't feel like it was the right fit. She told me she remembers how our father told us, you know you're in the right work when it doesn't feel like work. And she's like, this, it feels like work. She wanted to do something more, something hands-on with people and not just numbers. And so she decided on law. At law school, as law school progressed, she began to shadow different attorneys to see what type of law she wanted to practice. And she went and shadowed a domestic violence attorney. And she remembers seeing what happened in that courtroom and thinking, this is what I'm supposed to do. I want people to feel safer in their own home in their own family. Looking at my sister's life, one might say, all that time, all that money, all that studying that was spent on preparing to be CPA, just wasted. I guess she made the wrong decision when it came to her career. But see, Mary doesn't see it that way. She said, I can't live my life thinking of the what ifs or the should ifs. My time as a CPA opened so many doors for me, even if it meant one door had to close. She actually told me that she got her first law job clerking for a judge in northwestern Montana. Usually this judge only took people that were one or two in their graduating class and Mary was not one or two. And she said she thinks she got it because he saw the CPA background. And then she found out later, just as an aside, that he also knew that she was a college athlete and was hoping maybe she could play on their hockey team. You see, when we make decisions as followers of Jesus, the right decision is the one made with the Holy Spirit. One in our faith community, Marguerite Dabbs, told me that she and her husband Kenneth, or coach as we know him, they had been living in Irving, Texas for three and a half years. The district decided that they needed to add a new high school because there was only one. Y'all, this is like Friday night lights inspiration stuff because it was going to split the district in half and Coach Dabbs was the football coach at the one and only high school in Irving. But they were prepared for whatever was coming their way. They had boys in first, fifth, and eighth grade and Coach was almost finished with his Master's of Administration and they really thought that he would be moving on to administration at some point. And Coach and Marguerite, they weren't looking to move. But out of the blue, Coach gets this call from some place, he didn't even know where it was, called the Eanes Independent School District. And the man said that he had several people recommend Coach Dabbs to him and wondered if he and his family might be willing to come down and consider helping them open up a brand new school and athletic department. They decided to go for it. They had always wanted to be in the Austin area. Marguerite said that there were so many times those first years where they thought we've made the wrong decision. They had questioned the decision that they made. 
Here they had these three young boys and the work that coach had to do getting that school up and going was a labor of love. So I asked Marguerite, what helped her be okay with the decision that she had made? She said that something that the district required here was that the coach needed to live in the district and they found a house. There wasn't that many houses and there definitely weren't that many that were affordable for them, but they found this house on Timberline Drive in Rollingwood. And there just so happened to be all of these kids in the neighborhood and also just so happened to they, that they were part of a youth ministry from the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church. Week after week, she and Kenneth would take the boys to the Methodist Church downtown because they were good Methodists. They would get home at noon, and by 2 p.m., those boys were saying, we want to go to church again, but we want to go to the Presbyterian Church this time. So she would drop them off at the corner on Westlake and Bee Cave Road, and then all the youth would drive to Westlake Beach, and they would hang out there on Sunday afternoons. She said what got them through this decision was this church. She now says, we had no idea at the time, but it was a God thing. It was meant to be. You might be in the midst of needing to make a decision this week. Hear the truth of scripture. Jesus has not left us alone to make decisions on our own. The Holy Spirit, it abides in us. One who we can call to our side at any time. The Holy Spirit will teach us everything that we need to know and remind us of everything that we have been taught. When we make decisions as followers of Jesus, the right decision is the one made with the Holy Spirit. May it be so in my life and in yours. Happy birthday, church.